Welcome to Growth Colony, Australia's B2B growth podcast. I'm Alex Hipwell. Each episode, we bring you B2B founders, CMOs, marketing and sales leaders to find out what makes them successful and what was behind their failures. Let's dive right in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm Shane Hoda with X Growth, and today I'm talking to Steve Gershik, an experienced SaaS CMO, growth marketing consultant, advisory board member at Sales Lead Management Association about what is customer marketing and why should B2B marketers double down on it? On that note, Steve, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for inviting me. It's great to be here with you. It's an absolute pleasure. You know, I'm I'm really excited to have this chat and get your input on the on the subject of customer marketing because of your rich background. I mean, you know, for for those who might not know, you were the VP of marketing at uh, Eloqua, Forrester, Serious Decision, and a number of startups with uh, super successful exits. Uh, let's let's dive in. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about you know why is customer marketing something that marketers should pay more attention to. Well, you know, after after 20 years of focusing on the funnel, that was my first thing I learned about technology marketing was it's all about net new customer acquisition that marketing needs to prove itself within the organization as as not being just a cost center. It's got to be a, a revenue center. And so there's been a lot that's been written and that I thought about and wrote about and practiced around aligning sales and marketing. And a lot of companies are really good at creating these funnels, these demand gen funnels. And what I realized is, particularly in SaaS over the last 20 years, where recurring revenue is an imperative, because most companies spend uh, first year revenue from a net new customer on acquisition, that there's got to be something more. There's got to be something that contributes intrinsically to building out profit margin in the organization and to building the reputation of the company. And increasingly, I, I came to the conclusion that that is everything that happens after the sale is customer marketing those those goals those methods those uh, outcomes that are you know poorly defined that oftentimes sales is not engaged with because after the deal closes it's handed off to a customer success organization and so oftentimes it's uh, thought of as important but not quite as important as sales so my mission is really to help marketers understand that there's this whole funnel beyond the funnel there's this funnel that really begins once the contract is signed and somebody becomes a customer where marketing can make a demonstrable contribution. Yeah, it's it's so true. I mean, I think even recently it's becoming more and more important as you talked about where I think John Miller from, from Demandbase talks about it, right? Where he talks about, hey, 80% of the revenue comes after the purchase now as opposed to before where... I don't know, Oracle would go and sign a $20 million deal and that, you know, most of that is locked in already. Now that doesn't happen anymore. You know, a lot of the SaaS organization, the 80% of that is going to come after a customer signs a deal and it potentially could not come through. And, you know, and if you're lucky, it is 80%, but a lot of times what we see is that not enough attention is placed on customer success and customer loyalty and customer advocacy and helping customers reach the goals that they had, that they articulated to you during the sales cycle with a set of common 
scalable practices, the way that we have uh, scalable practices in the area of demand gen. I mean, John and I are both veterans of that top of the funnel demand gen world. And, and I think it's time to sort of turn our attention towards using some of those uh, tools that we built over the past two decades to help make sure that customers are successful. And in turn, our firms are successful uh, by reaching their desired goals. Let's talk about that. Let's, well, I mean, actually, I want to ask you, why do you think that's not such a big focus at the moment? Why, why, why is it becoming important now? Well, now, you know, in particular in the time that we're, we're having this conversation, you know, companies are going to be going through tremendous turmoil as the economy has uh, ruptured uh, over the last year. And nobody knows exactly what's going to happen in the future. I was just reading a, uh, a survey that said that marketers in particular see the economic recovery in this V-shape, right? So that it's gone down and then it's going to come straight back up. And I think more pragmatic people are thinking with a lot of uncertainty comes people insecure with their financial decisions. It's going to make it much harder to sell and companies are going to be cutting expenses and they're going to be cutting expenses primarily through consulting and technology and eventually people, and that is going to have an impact on the worldwide economy. So right now, uh, we need to embrace our customers, bring them closer, show that we're invested in them uh, more than we want their money. We want their their loyalty, and the way that we will earn their loyalty is by making them successful in whatever they were trying to achieve when they bought from us. Do you think this has something to do also with nurturing customers is not as sexy as landing new customers. I mean, you know, it's, it's the hunt, right? The hunt is always exciting. And then you land a, land a customer, it might not sound as exciting. Do you think that has anything to do with it? I think that is the best, most succinct way I've heard that idea put in, in a long time. It is because we've glorified the hunt, the the salesperson, the hero that goes out there and bags the huge enterprise account, brings it back and everybody rings a gong or a bell and celebrates. And a lot of companies don't do that when a customer renews or when a customer buys something more or a customer uh, says something uh, flattering about you on a review site that will ultimately get you more customers over the course of time. So it's like sales is, is, is hunting, winning new territory and customer marketing or customer uh, success is really about tending to and cultivating that conquered territory. Uh, new customer acquisition is really about establishing trust making a promise and customer marketing is really about deepening that trust and delivering about on that promise and and so on it's yeah i've heard sales uh, described as hard rock mining and so extending that metaphor i think that patient cultivation is really about customer success it's about taking the people who have taken a professional risk and a personal risk by buying from you and making sure that you deliver on the promise to them and, and make them happy and successful at whatever they, uh, they wanted to achieve when they bought from you. Okay. Let's get a little bit practical. 
So I'm a, let's say I'm a marketer in a, in an organization and I've been focused on, on acquisition until now. And now I want to, I want to extend marketing's capability and marketing's influence into customer retention in, into customer marketing, account expansion, so on and so forth. Where should I start? So you should start by doing one thing which will help you to set up your strategy for the future, and that is to do an audit of your existing post-acquisition marketing efforts. So what do you do after the contract is signed? How involved are you in onboarding programs, in making sure that customers get oriented to your product or to your services and know what to expect from you? And conversely, you articulate what their specific goals are with your product so that there's no ambiguity about what they're looking for. In this audit, look at how you're doing in product marketing or cross-sells or upsells, education, uh, reference and advocate management. So once you have an accurate picture of what you, where you are now, then you can take a look at some of the revenue implications or the reputation implications, uh, the retention implications that you might achieve by implementing some of these customer marketing practices as a way to make the business case for investment in organizations. You know, one of my friends at Forrester says, most organizations they talk to are completely underinvested in customer marketing. And now more than ever, uh, those investments need to be made or customers may churn. You may lose those customers and that has broad long-term implications for your business. Yeah, and, and I'm going to come back to that. And, and you're right. It's just so underinvested. I'm reading the book, Never Lose a Customer Again. I don't know if you've come across that that book. And it's it, it just blows my mind. It, he talks about how underinvested, just like you, you said, underinvested customer retention is and uh, and how much we spend on acquisition and not on, on, on retention. Now, in your experience, what are, you know, what kind of structures have you seen that really excel in customer retention in, in companies, right? So is there, is it when customer success reports into marketing, customer success has, you know, different metrics? Are there certain roles that the organization creates that, that people are responsible for certain things that really bolsters and, and makes retention a success? Have you seen trends when work, working with clients or, or different organizations? Successful companies that I've worked with and and been a part of have marketers tied to post-acquisition customer marketing activities. So just like you've got product marketers or sales enablement in some organizations tied to the sales team responsible for bringing in net new logos and managing that that pre-funnel that that famous funnel that we that we all we all talk about there are organizations that have tied marketing to the customer success people the account management people uh, the the technical support people and customer success organizations that have a set of predefined marketing activities and marketers uh, organizations that tie marketers to customer success tend to be better at onboarding better at articulating the value post sale to remind customers of why they bought in the first place 
and give them uh, the tools they need in order to be successful. So then they can come back with some of the traditional marketing asks like uh, references and testimonials and uh, to have people in marketing specifically tasked with things that happen after the sale is much more likely to engender a successful customer marketing program than to peel off a bit of time or the least successful I've seen is to make customer success people do their own marketing. Good luck with that. That's that's a uh, that's a hard battle. Do you ever find yourself stuck with a B2B problem? Need a second opinion on your next campaign? Or looking for some feedback on that piece of MarTech you're thinking to purchase? Well, that's why we created the Growth Colony Slack channel. This Slack channel is like a small dinner party where you get to meet and mingle with B2B professionals, hear what others are doing and keep up to date with the latest B2B trends and news. You'll also get access to a range of exclusive content from our podcasts, webinars and events. The best thing about it, it's all free. If this sounds interesting, head over to growthcolony.org forward slash slack and sign up. That's growthconny.org forward slash slack. Okay. So we talked about audit, right? We talked about, well, we actually, right now we, we spoke about uh, structuring the, the marketing and customer success and all that stuff properly. Then doing an audit, where would I go from there? Yeah. So I think in order to make the business case to the organization to invest in it, right? Because this is still a new discipline, certainly within SaaS, uh, any companies that relies upon recurring revenue uh, needs to be orienting their thinking around this retention, expansion, and uh, growth, churn reduction, and making sure that customers are getting the value that they expected. So making the business case is the next step, and it's really uh, nailing down what a firm could expect from investing in customer marketing. And so that's everything from uh, customer acquisition costs should go down, customer lifetime value should go up, two key business metrics, uh, customer references should increase, customer referrals should increase, a churn should go down, annual contract value should go up, acts of advocacy on the part of customers, so writing reviews, which is becoming so important these days, online reviews, or social media engagement, or speaking on behalf of your firm at uh, trade shows, events, webinars, to the media. All of those things can be improved and should be articulated as part of a business case. Right. Okay. Okay. That makes that makes sense. And, and those are I mean, it, it definitely sounds like those are some of the some of the key KPIs marketers should should be looking at when making their their case to the to the business. Tell me a little bit about the work that customer success needs to do with marketing, right? And how that relationship is going to look like. I've I've noticed in a lot of organizations that we work with that sometimes marketing doesn't even talk to customer success, right? That's like that it, it kind of goes through marketing and marketing does a little bit of work with sales, especially with larger accounts. And then sales takes that on. And maybe it's like a, like an AE that owns that account and the AE works maybe with customer success. And that's pretty much it. 
how should marketers start working with customer success? Marketers have this framework, this contemporary framework. It, it's in discussion a lot and, and leading companies tend to have a fairly good idea of the customer journey. But the, with the way they think about the customer journey, it's it really ends with the close of the deal and the ringing of the bell. And so you've already got this inside your organization. It's easy to engage with your customer success people and say, hey, look, we're leaving out the most important part of the customer journey. We've mapped out the customer journey before the deal is signed because that's tends to be what we care about, what our salespeople care about, what we care about. But what the customer cares about is after they've handed over their money to you, are they going to achieve their desired outcome? And so by framing it in that way and going to customer success and saying, let us extend this customer journey map all the way through from onboarding and first use to measure time to you know first value with the product all the way through to acts of advocacy. So customers are acting as your de facto salespeople on your behalf, sometimes even unasked bringing deals to you. That can get their attention. And then by laying out what marketing can offer in terms of storytelling, customer understanding, uh, structures and frameworks that you've put in place around customer acquisition that then can be applied to customer retention and growth, customer education. Uh, you'll find that you've got willing partners in there if you approach them because they're often starved for ways to engage with customers and marketing can be a very helpful partner in doing that. Right, I see, I see. As marketing embarks on this kind of journey, what are some of the pitfalls a marketer should look for, right? Because I see that quite a lot. I mean, we we kind of specialize in ABM and there are definitely, you know, someone who when, when embarking on ABM, there are definitely pitfalls that they have to be very careful of because things could go wrong. Is there anything that you can think of that marketers should be aware of when they're starting to dig deeper into customer marketing? Back then, sales had no idea that marketing was something other than the uh, uh, the arts and crafts department. Actually, John Miller <laughs> was the first person I had refer to marketing as, as you know as, as perceived as the arts and crafts department. And you know, demonstrating real business value is uh, vitally important, especially when you're trying to spin up a new marketing discipline within an organization. I've been at startup companies where the perception was that marketing was advertising and PR. And that as long as, you know, we got executives placed in articles and mentioned in the newspaper, that was perfectly fine. And it wasn't necessarily measured on tangible business metrics. That is even more the case in customer marketing, where these disciplines are not well understood or taught as much as demand generation is, or inbound marketing has been, or now ABM is, or conversational marketing using chatbots is now. A lot of that is really focused on top of the funnel. And so there's a lot of internal education and alignment and selling that needs to go on even before you implement this important customer program. Yeah, because it's really a change management element, isn't there, at the start? Change is hard. And when people's perceptions are rocked about what marketing is and what it does, I mean, we talk 
in the marketing industry about customer experience and journey management and a joined up brand experience from end to end. But so few companies are really good at doing it. And one of the keys to doing it well is to get internal alignment uh, through talking about what the benefits are and what the improvement is going to be to firm performance. Gotcha. Gotcha. Steve, if our listeners could only do one thing after listening to this interview, what would you want them to do? Yeah, think about how you can make your customers uh, happy. I, I like to start at the, at, the, at the bottom or the desired outcome and work my way up from there. So, you know, typically when I, when I work in an organization or come into a new company, I start at the bottom of their funnel. If I'm helping them with demand generation, their, their sales funnel, start with the close of deal and work my way up from there. So I would uh, advise that you start with your desired outcome, whatever you want from your customers. You want to sell them more. You want to hire a customer SAT score or higher NPS score. You want to get more customer references and more referrals. Whatever your desired outcomes are, articulate those, and then you can work your way up to the sets of activities, tactics, and measurements that will help work towards those desired outcomes. Love it. Love it, Steve. Uh, Look, before we wrap up, I I definitely have a couple of rapid questions I want to ask you. But before we wrap up, is there anything else on customer success that you think I didn't cover and and it's important for us to talk about? That is my favorite podcast interview question. And I never think about it for myself while I'm having a conversation, but I always ask. You got to ask it, Steve. You got to ask it. See, see what's, what's let you, you can't leave anything on the table. Yeah. And now I feel compelled to, to come up with an answer. I will, I will do this. I don't, I don't often remember to do this, but I will do this here on your show. One of the very uh, best uh, thought leaders, uh, consultants that I follow in the area of customer success is a guy named Lincoln Murphy, who I met through a company he was at earlier in his career called Gainsight. And I would suggest that uh, that you pick up controversial guy, very smart guy in the area of customer success, not a marketer, but a very knowledgeable and experienced uh, customer success guy. I would uh, Google him and check out some of the, the writings that he's made because he certainly influenced me as a marketer. Fantastic. Well, you've already answered one of the rapid questions. So uh, let's uh, let's do this. Let's do this. All right. First question that I have for you is, what is so, so let's try to keep this as short as possible. What is one resource, book, blog, podcast, talk, whatever it is that fundamentally changed the way you look and you work and live? Fantastic. Made to Stick by Chip and Dan Heath. It's a, a great book on how to tell compelling stories. That's a good book, actually. That's very true. If you could give only one advice to B2B marketers, what would it be? Read something new every day. Read outside of your discipline. You will be amazed at how quickly you can synthesize information that doesn't seem connected to what you do every day to what you do every day. What are the influences that you follow in the marketing space? I think you already answered this one. <laughs> yeah, well, there's, there's, there's a ton. Seth Godin, for sure, just for inspiration and for knowledge and insight. I follow a lot of the the venture capitalists. So um, Tungs is a famous SaaS investor. Uh, I follow a lot of his work. Byron Dieter, who was on the board of Eloqua at Bessemer, does a lot of great thought leadership. And gee, I am always closely 
tracking what some of these leading companies like like Salesforce are doing in their marketing because they've got a lot of great ideas. Just just to make sure that that the team can capture it for the show notes, what was the name of the VC um, person, Tom? Tom Tungs, T-U-N-G-Z. I think it's how you spell his last name. Gotcha. We'll, we'll, we'll find him. And then the last one is, what's something that excites you about B2B today? Oh, I love that this is still a, a growing and learning discipline. Like it's not... Finance is, is interesting and vital and important. I don't think there is many innovations in that area of the firm as there are in marketing today. And that's what really excites me. There's always something new to learn. And that means there's always something new to teach. Steve, I really appreciate you coming on the on the podcast. I really enjoyed this conversation. I think the, the audience is going to get a lot out of it. And, uh, and we'll, we'll put a lot of these comments and, and, and links in the, in the show notes. But uh, thank, thanks a lot for jumping on. I appreciate your thoughtful questions. It was great joining you. My pleasure. Take care. Hey, it's Alex again from X-Growth. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed it, we'd love it if you take a moment to rate us on Apple Podcasts. It would really help get the word out to other B2B professionals. If you're hungry for more B2B content, make sure to join our Slack channel at growthcolony.org forward slash Slack, where we share the latest B2B news tactics, tips, and chat about problems we're facing in the B2B space and find solutions together. That's growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you in the next episode.